Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year. Unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is the 23rd day of January 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl, a pouring, rainy day in Pasadena, California, and a day that we we know is in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's the it's Atlanta and New England. Um, everyone assumes I'm a New England fan. I don't really care either way. It is interesting for all these years that there have been teams in Atlanta, whether it's been the Hawks, the Thrashers briefly in the NHL, Falcons, the Braves, all those teams, all those years from the 60s right up until today, there's been a grand total of one championship, one, and that's the 1995 Atlanta Braves. So I guess if you don't really care either way, I guess pull for Atlanta because the, you know, it's fun to see a team that's never won win a championship. And, you know, the city of Atlanta needs a hug. Now, it, this is just taking into account other sports franchises and other sports titles. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I can't cover when I did the the misery index. You know, I honestly can't take care of every sport and everything like that. The Braves on the misery index rank at number 10, not including D.C. and and, and the combining Washington with the Nationals. They're at number 10. You know, the city of Atlanta's suffering index may be, a lot more because when you take a look at the teams that are ahead of them in the suffering index, um, you know, they have greater suffering than them. Uh, you have Seattle, but the Seahawks have won a title. You have the Orioles, but the Ravens have won a title. Okay, the Padres, uh, the Rangers, okay, Brewers, okay, fine, the Athletics, okay. Uh, then you have Cleveland and Pittsburgh have also won titles. So there are some teams that are ahead of them. In the misery index, that you know, you may uh, may want to have the good folks in Atlanta root for them. I'm personally going to root for the Patriots because you know I'm a native New Englander. I don't really care either way, and everyone thinks I'm a Patriots fan, so I might as well have all the benefits. I also don't like Roger Goodell. So as always, I look at the Super Bowl in terms of baseball and all those playoffs and World Series that the Braves lost, maybe some of that will be made up for if the Falcons win. Um, It's a very sad day in baseball this Sunday, and one of those situations where you look at it and say, oh, no, no, no. And it was, you know, when you see someone who is young taken away from us, that's terrible. When you see two people were too young to take away from us at the same time at, at, at different moments. And that's exactly what we happen, happened with Yordano Ventura and Andy Marte, two players who, who died in different car crashes in the Dominican Republic. It wasn't even the same damn car crash. And they both are gone. And Yordano Ventura is, what was he, 25, right? He was 25 years old. And he was going into what was going to be his fourth full season with Kansas City. 
Now, his in his rookie year, where he finished in the top ten of the the rookie of the year vote, you know, he played in the postseason and had a critical game that he pitched in game six of the 2014 World Series, where the Royals were facing elimination. Yeah, the Royals got off to a really fast start and scored a pile of runs, but the Royals needed him to shut down San Francisco, and he did. He threw seven shutout innings that helped force the Game 7 showdown. And he was part of the team. He didn't play particularly well in the World Series, but was part of the team that wound up going back to the World Series in 2015, pitched, uh, you know, won 13 games, pitched 163 in a third start, you know, innings, and, you know, did well enough to get starts in the postseason and earn a World Series ring. Last year, he, you know, didn't have a great year, but he pitched the full year, pitched 186 innings. And, you know, was he going to be an ace? Who knows? You know, he had, he pitched three, you know, capable seasons in the major leagues. And he was, he's a major league pitcher with a World Series ring in his mid-20s. And what happened? He gets killed in a car crash. I mean, beyond just the baseball, it's a, a young man died in a car crash. A young man with ability, a young man who, you know, is, is has a whole career in front of him. And now, he's gone. He's gone. And, you know, it leaves a hole in the Royals just in a cold-hearted way, logistically, to replace a player like that. But, you know, he's a one of the young faces on the team. And to suddenly have him be a figure of tragedy. You know, this goes beyond just we lost these stats, we lost these 180-some-odd innings. We've lost a young man who is going to be here for a while. And now he's gone. And Andy Marte is a classic example of someone who had, you know, all the, the, the promise and the, the potential behind him. There was a bunch of years where Andy Marte, there were, there were two years specifically, that he was considered one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Before 2004, he was the 11th ranked prospect in all of baseball by Baseball America. Before 2005, he was the 9th. Before 2006, he was the 14th. He was a right-handed, power-hitting third baseman in the Atlanta Braves organization who had some monster years. And eventually, I never get he was traded when the Red Sox had... Edgar Renteria, and Edgar Renteria didn't pan out too well in Boston, and they flipped him to Atlanta, and the Red Sox got Marte, who was being talked about like he was going to be the next big, huge power slugger in all of baseball, and the Red Sox had just traded away a young power slugging prospect for the infield uh, named Hanley Ramirez in the deal that sent that brought in Josh Beckett. So there's a sense of, hey, we're going to, if I'm getting the, the, the chronology wrong, but I do remember that moment where I'm thinking, hey, we're still going to have that big young power hitter who's under team control for a while. And he's going to play third base. But as it turned out, the Red Sox made a second trade and flipped him to Cleveland to get Coco Crisp. And I remember thinking there was a little bit of, oh man, I wanted to have the guy who's going to be the MVP quality third baseman, the top young right-handed power hitter, 
who slugged huge home run totals throughout his time in the Atlanta organization. Instead, Marte went to, as a 22-year-old, went to the Cleveland organization. And as it turned out, it never panned out. He continued to have some good years, especially, you know, he was in 2009, he was still putting up big numbers in Columbus. But when he would get to the major leagues, things just didn't click. And, you know, he was on that, that 2007 Cleveland Indians team that lost to the Red Sox in the league championship series. And uh, he was a non-factor. He wasn't even on the postseason roster. And along the way, he got, you know, he played in the Pirates organization. He wound up playing in the Angels organization. He wound up playing in the Diamondbacks organization. He actually played a handful of games in the major leagues with the Diamondbacks. He wound up going to Korea, and he played very, very well in Korea. And last year, and, and he played the last couple of years in Korea. And did quite well, thank you very much. And maybe was trying to make it back. And he died in a car crash. And, you know, when you have someone who was such a a dominant figure in the minor leagues and someone who was a top prospect like Andy Marte, and it didn't quite click with him in Cleveland. It looked like he was on the fast track with his big years and his big numbers he was having in the Atlanta organization. It didn't quite click. You know, he would play well in Buffalo, but then quite click in Cleveland. You can't help but wonder, what if that just was the wrong place for him? You see that left and right, whether the player, things aren't working out here, but he worked out if there was a different place, whether it would have been Atlanta, whether it would have been Boston, whether it would have been someone else, if he could have been the star that everyone projected him to be. But we'll never find out. We'll never find out. Because he's gone. And, you know, moments like that, where it's young people, people with promise, people trying to fight their way back, that suddenly you pulled the plug from them, it's over. You know, I don't know either one of them. I don't. But, you know, your heart can't help but break a little bit to think, here are two people in the baseball family. I remember Marte rooting for him, wanting to be, even when he was in Cleveland, I wanted to see him be that player that he was promised to be. And Ventura, who Pedro Martinez, my all-time favorite player, seemed to take under his wing, he was someone who was like, yeah, he's a, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of a hothead and everything like that. But maybe he could get it all together and go from being a decent major leaguer to turn in the corner. It won't happen. I've seen some young players taken away from baseball. I think baseball would be a better place if Jose Fernandez, Oscar Tavares, Jordano Ventura were all playing in the major leagues and Andy Marte was on his way back. But they're gone. You know, Tommy Hunter is gone. His players are gone. And we're not going to see them again. And we're never going to have that opportunity to see them again. And I think we can all agree that's a bad thing. But I want to address something else. Something that happened earlier on Sunday that kind of stuck under my craw and I realized something that is bigger than baseball, 
bigger than even the death of Ventura and Marte. And, you know, there's people who said stick to baseball, and I'm not about to get political now. But I am about to talk about some things that go beyond baseball. And, again, if you have a problem with anything I'm going to say right now, wow, that's a you issue. Um, I posted something about, you know, rest in peace to Jordano Ventura and Marte. And one of my followers named Jason, and his uh, Twitter handle is Packed Bell Park, wrote something that I found... Well, I, like, here's what he wrote. Uh, he wrote, uh, Jordano Ventura, the only pitcher in history who would brawl with anyone, even if they bunted a ball right back at him, good riddance. Um, yeah, as a player, Jordano Ventura didn't have the greatest reputation. Bit of a, you know, started a bunch of fights and everything like that. But I read that and said, this is the day a 25-year-old kid died, and someone's going to point out one of his character flaws and say, good riddance? Now, my response to it was an honest one, one I don't really regret. It's Twitter. Everything's in public on Twitter. And I wrote, class, look it up, you piece of shit. I called one of my followers a piece of shit. I say, if you say good riddance to a 25-year-old kid who dies in a car crash, because you weren't thrilled about how he played, then I think that qualifies me to call you a piece of shit. And he responded back to me and he said, obviously you're right, very gracious, but how many players feel the same way? The guy was hated. We should love him now he's not with us. <sighs> yeah, I have to explain to someone. Now, I don't know how old he is. Clearly he's not an adult. Um, you know, obviously this is, is, I don't know, Jason, obviously he's a, you know, he's obviously a, a kid. He's obviously a, you know, a teenager or something, but I have to explain this. I've explained that on the day a 25 year old dies in a car crash, that saying good riddance, that bringing up their flaws as a person is, I don't know, tasteless, is wrong, doing it publicly, doing it in a public forum. I have to explain why this is the wrong thing. And I initially was going to block them because you block people like that in life, especially in social media. If there's people like that who are obviously so, so miserable as human beings, that they, you know, want to take, I don't know, either, you know, some sort of schadenfreude over the death of a 25-year-old kid in a car crash. But then I thought, no, I'm not going to. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it's important for us to make things better. Social media and how we act on social media tells us a lot about ourselves, and it can be a very positive thing. I have made friends 
people I consider incredibly close friends, people who have been on the podcast, guests on the podcast, who I've met never, or in the case of a couple people, once or maybe twice ever in my life, and yet I find them to be people I find very close to because I've met them through social media, i found people having a similar interest to me, not just in baseball, but in terms of movies, in terms of politics, in terms of spirituality, just in terms of life. And then I found people who have similar thoughts to me and we can connect and we can interact. And that, that, that horrible phrase of, hey, get a life. No, you can find people who have the same thoughts and you're not as lonely. And I think that's a beautiful thing. If you're stuck in, if you're in some part of the country where someone doesn't think the same way as you or act the same way as you or, or hold true the same things as you, you can turn to social media and find the right people and connect with them and not feel so alone. That's when it's a good thing. When it's a bad thing, it's like this kid who sees a moment of an unspeakable tragedy a 25-year-old kid is gone in a stupid manner. And I don't know the details of it. I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know anything else other than a, a guy is dead. And at the end, that's all I really need to know about it. And to use that moment to do something negative, to make it worse, good riddance, other people didn't like him, so we're supposed to, what, like him now that he's dead? No, you're supposed to be respectful. You're supposed to not make it worse. You're not supposed to revel in it. And, and I guess this is something I'm going to say. This is not a political statement. This is something I'm asking everyone to do moving forward. Try this out in 2017. If you are going to say something that has a certain amount of aggression, a certain amount of anger, that you're going to take someone down a peg, think about who can read it. Think about who can see it. Think about what you're saying. Pac Bell Park, I doubt, knows your Dan Aventor or knew him. I doubt he hung out with him. I doubt he knew his family. I doubt he spent any time with him. And yet took the time in a public forum to say good riddance to him on his death because he didn't like how he played baseball. And, and I'm sure other people didn't either. Take the second and say, wait a minute. Does, is that going to make things better or worse? Is that going to make people angry or happy? What does that say about me? And take that time to say, hey, look it. Are the things I'm saying in my life, are the interactions I'm doing in my life, are they making things better or worse? And if you say, what value does this bring? And maybe, in the end, that little tweet doesn't matter on its own, but things don't happen in a vacuum. Things don't happen. A mindset that comes to that point doesn't happen in a vacuum. 
start to think, why did I type that? Why am I so quick to be mean to this person or that person? And I got to do it myself. I'm quick to, to slam a person. I call them a piece of shit. And I slam people on public. And, I, and sometimes if someone's saying something bigoted or, or mean-spirited, I'm quick to, to give them a forearm shiver. But stop and think about it. If everyone can just once or twice a day remove something from their life and from their interactions with other people that are negative. And I'm not saying even turn to something positive. Just try saying nothing. Don't add to it. Maybe that's part of the key. There's no way anyone can solve all the ills in the world, all the mean-spiritedness, all the divisiveness, that, that's too big for one person. That's too big for one president. That's too big for one uh, representative, senator, pope, whatever. But maybe we can all start by saying, all right, what are the little things we're doing? I've said before that baseball, one of the many things that baseball is positive for is it gives us a safe place to lash out some of our anger. We can yell at a player for striking out or giving up a home run or a manager making the wrong decision or yelling at someone because they're a fan of this team or the other team because that's fun and in the end meaningless. A person's death is not meaningless. Reveling in a person's death or thumbing your nose at a person's death is not meaningless. That's not the same as booing uh, a terrible managerial decision. That's not the same as booing something your Dan Aventura does on the field or that he won't do anymore. Maybe each thing we do, that positive element of baseball where being negative, you can get that out, is could be fun and joyful. Like that Jimmy Fallon sketch where the people are booing the poster of Robinson Cano, then Robinson Cano steps out from behind the poster and everyone wants to hug him. Because in the end, it's just fun, fun in games. Death is not fun in games. So think about what we're doing. We have to do a lot in our lives because we know we only have one time on this earth. I don't know what happens after you go and neither do you. Andy Martin, Jordano Ventura found out. It could be that there's another life. could be that there isn't. We don't know. But one thing we do know is that we're here and that we're alive and that our actions affect people. And our actions can affect people even after we're gone. So while we're here, let's do our best to try to change one tiny thing in our behavior from negative to positive. I can't make a huge difference and neither can Pac Bell. But do you know what? If everyone does, everyone changes one negative to one positive or at least a negative to a neutral, then if everyone does that little piece, then by definition, we've made the world and life a better place. As for me, I have a different duty 
Because as I'm saying this, my son walked in here and clearly needs something. What do you need, buddy? Uh, is Friday off from school this week? Is Friday off from school this week? We have Friday. I haven't the slightest idea. And I'm going to have to look that up. And so while I'm looking that up, I want you all to take a note that you can go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Asking us to make the universe better. And my first step is to find out if my kids have school on Friday. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for, what the heck day is it anyway? The 23rd day of January 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.